Welcome to Career Central with Lorraine Beeman. In this program, you will hear from career management experts who will provide guidance and strategies to help you advance or change your career. Now, here is your host, Lorraine Beeman. Welcome to Career Central. I'm Lorraine Beeman, your host of an hour totally committed to helping you achieve your career goals by providing strategies you can implement immediately. Our guest today is David LeClaire. David is a very accomplished recruiter, but he's also been through the trials and tribulations of a job search and not that long ago. So we are going to tap into his wisdom on how to work with the recruiter along with how to survive a job search, especially during a pandemic. So David, welcome to Career Central. Good morning, Lorraine. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here today. Well, we're excited to have you too. Uh, recruiters are some of our favorite people because they can see they see both sides of, of the process. So uh, how about you share with our um, audience your career path? Where did you start and how you got to where you are today? Definitely. So I spent 11 years in a health club, ended as an operations manager, and that's where I got my first taste for recruiting because I got to hire and build my entire team. And it was an aspect of the job that I loved it. It was a ton of fun meeting new people, um, helping them get jobs. And I graduated with my degree in accounting and transitioned into one of the top 10 CPA firms called Clifton Larson Allen. Uh, loved the company and loved my team. I could not stand doing tax. tax and audits all day. Um, you know, it, it just ended up not being for me, the, the vision that I saw it being. So I had a conversation with the recruiter and I was talking with her about finding a different firm where I could maybe work less hours and not do that 70 plus hour a week grind. And as we were going through the process, I started asking her about her job and her team and what she liked about the role. And said, hey, could I, are you guys hiring? Could I come recruit with you guys, you know, and, and help accountants find their next jobs? And so I went in and, and met the whole team and loved what they had to offer. So I was with Robert Half as a finance and accounting recruiter up until April. And then similar story to most, COVID happened and, uh, you know, companies, they weren't hiring. And if they were, they decided just to take it on themselves. And we, we lost a lot of clients. And I think a good 80 to 90% of our team lost their jobs. So it, it wasn't good. Um, fast forward a few months, got my current position as head of talent with measured result CPAs. So I went from being an agency recruiter to an internal recruiter for a full service CPA firm. And that's where I'm at now, having a ton of fun with them. Fantastic. You said some very important things that I don't want to move on without um, discussing. And one is that you pivoted your career. You uh, Obviously, you trained to, do, to be an accountant. You got there and you went, this is not for me. And then you networked your way into the next position, correct? Because you just had a conversation with somebody and went like that and then moved into that field and then continued on. So I guess what I really want to emphasize for our listeners is we often use accountants as examples and you just get up one day and you don't want to look at that spreadsheet one more day. What do you do because you're trained in an accountant? Dave's a perfect example. He went back and thought, okay, how can I use my accounting knowledge, which which you use, but do what I like and, and maybe reading into it, tap back to the fact that when you were in the, um, you know, the gym, working for a gym, you really liked working with people. So you had two things, accounting knowledge, working with people, and you blended that into your new career. And I just point that out because you're a perfect example of how somebody takes the skills they have and moves into what seems like a really different career, but but it's not. 
Yeah, it, and and it's one of those things I, I I'm so grateful for the the path and the the way it went because I I didn't know I wanted to be a recruiter until I found out that that existed. To know that people forty hours a week, all you do is help accountants find jobs. I get to get paid to talk to people and help help them find the next you know perfect opportunity or what's a little bit closer to their dream job. That that's easy, you know. Finding that was a job where I'm getting paid to do what I love, and and it's at the end of the day for me, it's fun. You know, I don't I don't look at it as work. There, sure, there's a few tasks where I I gripe and groan. You know, some administrative things I need to do, but when I wake up and I see that my calendar's full of just interviews or getting to jump on a, a podcast like yours that that for me is it's the perfect day so now you have that unique experience of being both an agency or what we call an external recruiter and an internal recruiter let's tap into your experience in in both roles and again our listeners are always looking how to work with recruiters recruiters effectively so let's talk about being an agency recruiter and how that works and how a, a, a candidate impresses you yeah, so I I was I was thinking about this question and I think the you know, to unlift the veil a little bit on what agency recruiting is, is because my friends, whenever they heard about that job, they had no idea that we existed or what we do. And then when they heard that we work with the candidates for free, I think that was another curveball for them because why why would they not pay me anything? So on the back end, what's happening with agency recruiters is our clients are coming to us usually for difficult to find positions and saying, hey, we need help finding a candidate with this skill set. And then they pay us a commission to go help them fill that spot. So on the back end, what was happening is me and my team were about 10 people and the more tenured recruiters were tapping into their networks and saying, hey, haven't talked with you in a while. How you been? This opportunity came up. Are you interested? Or for some of the newer recruiters like myself, I'm immediately hitting the phones, LinkedIn and emails and reaching out to 100 to 200 candidates and asking them, hey, my name is David. I'm a recruiter. Would you be interested in this role? And so then our entire team of 10 people is submitting resumes to our client within one to five days. We try to move as quick as possible because that's what makes us different and that's why they pay us to cut that hiring process timeline in half and so for candidates when we're working with them I the biggest thing that I look for for them from them is communication because we're moving so quick and so if you're a great candidate and we potentially think you and I talk and we think that Lorraine would be perfect for this position but then it takes you three days to get back to me with your most up-to-date resume we've already submitted candidates we may have even scheduled interviews already. And so you're hurting yourself. And I, I hated it when that happened. And these days, I know that me and my coworkers, most of us always have our cell phones on us. So it's so easy to, to you know, shoot back a text message, respond to an email. It takes 10 to 20 seconds. So if you're working with a recruiter, just know that your, your quote unquote competition of other candidates, there's going to be a lot of them. There's other recruiters working on that same role. And so if you're dragging your feet, a little bit on either responding to confirming an interview time or getting documents to us, you might miss out on that perfect opportunity just because of, of timeline and, and lack of, of efficiency. Excuse me. Fantastic. Now, what was it like or what is it like being that internal recruiter where you're not working for different um, you know, companies, but you're working for one? How does that change your perspective? One big change was that I went from a team of 10 to a team of one. Um, so that that was a natural change. Um, I would say 
The biggest thing is being able to truly speak to the company's mission, what we're looking for. I know the company. I know the team. I've visited all of our offices. I spend 40 hours a week with my coworkers. So you can ask me any question you want about the company, and I'll give you a very transparent answer, and I love that I can do that. Typically, in agency recruiting, when we're working with our clients, we've had a few conversations over the phone. We've maybe met in person. We always try to visit their office so we could shake some hands just see what it was like. Is there security? Is it hard to get in the building? You know, but it, it's hard to to have, you know, my integrity would tell me like, can you really say that they live up to their mission statement and their core values? I don't know if they do or not. I've met them once for 20 minutes. So I, I like that aspect of it, that, that I can talk about anything related to our company and know that I'm giving you a, a solid, honest answer. Fantastic. So just um, a couple of things that are similar is that communication, that whether you're an agency or internal recruiter, communicate with your recruiter, you know, respond. want to dig a little bit into the fact that, and you mentioned that you use LinkedIn to search for candidates. So just give me an idea when you're doing a search on LinkedIn, what are you, what are you looking, or what stands out? So for me, um, we, you know, we did a search. One thing I like about being internal is I still get um, hired by our clients to help them fill some of their positions. And I really do enjoy the hunt of reaching out to passive candidates and, and offering them a, a job. Um, for the most recent position I did, it was mostly accounts or not accounts, LinkedIn profiles that are completely filled out. The more filled out they are, I make the assumption that this individual is active on LinkedIn. So if I send them a connection request, they are more than likely to respond to me. The other thing is our client was asking for some very specific things. And so if a profile isn't filled out or the skills aren't listed, one, you're not going to come up in my search, or two, I'm wondering if I send you a connection request, are you even going to bother responding to it? Because I do put in a personalized 300 character message with every connection request. And that, it does take a few seconds of my time and, and time is money in the recruiting industry. So if it's completely filled out and if the skill sets are listed and I see at least, if there's five qualifications and I see two or three boxes are being checked, I'll definitely want to have a conversation with that person to see what's going on in their, in their journey. And I think um, our listeners are probably picking up the fact that communication, complete LinkedIn and keep checking. It, it's not something that you check once a week to see if anybody communicated with you. Cause I think what David is saying in terms of an agency, if you check once a week, you got the message on Monday, by the time you respond the next Monday, the job is gone. And um, so urgency, respond, complete LinkedIn um, profiles. That is great. Now we're going to get a little bit more personal. You shared that you went through a job loss during COVID. You're, you're an expert on job search. So how did you handle those two months? What did you do during that time? So the, you know, the first week was hard. I think I probably was not alone in the fact that I took it personally when I shouldn't have. I felt like I got fired. I've never been fired. I've always excelled at my jobs, got promoted at my jobs, just knocked it out of the park. So the first week was rough. 
after that first week, um, I started keeping my daily planner again. So every day I had two columns and I would fill out what I had to get done that day. Daily things such as meditating, um, going to a parking garage and running up and down stairs for 30 minutes, calling a friend and keep calling until I got someone actually picking up the phone and not just a voicemail. And then I had my projects column, all that stuff where I would always say, I never have time. I never have time. Now I have all the time in the world. So I, I actually stayed pretty productive. And for, for me and my personality, I think that was the, the best way to spend the two months of being unemployed was staying busy, was staying focused on getting things done, on reading, on connecting with my friends and family, whether it was over the phone, over Zoom, um, and, and just not letting myself get bored because that's a that's a dangerous place for me to be as far as the job search goes um should you want to transition into that now well let me just um back up i i think that um you're a perfect example first week instead of sitting around you know vegging out on on old you know tv shows you took action i mean you reached out to people um stayed stayed physically active stayed focused and I think that that is something that is so important because, again, you, you're in the profession. You know that people get laid off. You know that downsize. You basically got downsized, no control over it, and yet you still felt guilty. And so I, I want to reinforce the fact, uh, the idea that people that are out there going, oh, you know, my company and I downsized, but I could have done something different. No, it's, it's just life. And, and you want to move on. And what I really like is that you took care of yourself, your mental and your physical health, because a job search is a marathon. And so now let's go into the next step, which is the beginning of the marathon and how, how you handle that part. Yeah. So the, the, you know, it was funny. I, I had to create a resume and a cover letter for, for jobs. I'd never really done that before because again, I had always networked my way into jobs. And so they would, we would set up a time for a conversation and I would just put something together real quick. And I don't want to say I didn't care about it, but because I had my foot in the door already and I knew the person I was meeting with, I sort of brought this not great resume with me to those interviews. So that part was was interesting of putting those together. Um, I, I found a couple of podcasts similar to yours and I would listen to those and those helped a ton giving tips on what to do with your LinkedIn profile, what to do more so with the resume and the cover letter um, started applying for jobs and similar story to a lot of people. It felt like some companies were maybe posting, but not really hiring because you wouldn't get a phone call. You wouldn't get an email. If I did get a phone screen, maybe it did or didn't move on to an interview, but I really wanted to find a job as a account, uh, excuse me, as a recruiter within a public accounting firm. I had a, a mentor that was doing exactly that. And, and, she seemed like she loved her job and the way she talked about it. I thought that's that's the ideal, ideal situation for me to be in. So I saw this company on Indeed called Measured Results and I saw that, that they were hiring. So I submitted my application and then I went onto their LinkedIn profile and I sent a connection request to every single person that maybe was hiring for this position. So if they were anything HR related, I hit, I, I messaged the CFO, the CEO, and just said, hey, saw that you guys are recruiting. My name's David. I resonate with your mission statement. Wanted to connect with you here and would be super grateful for a conversation. Um, and so I was fortunate enough to get a phone screen, get a get an interview and a final interview. And they, they ended up telling me, um, not right now. And again, I felt 
are they actually saying that or did I just get rejected again? Um, fast forward two months and the CEO uh, called me, asked me if we could go out to lunch and said, you know, it's funny because the team feels like they know you already. You've been messaging with them on LinkedIn. They they have a face to put with the name and we're ready now. We we need we need to bring you in. Are you available? And I, I definitely was. So accepted his offer and here we are today. I want to congratulate you because you did everything right. One, took care of yourself, and then you, you know, built out your LinkedIn profile. I probably learned that you needed to have a strong resume, cover letter, those documents that um, are, are so necessary. And then you started linking in. And so many people ask me, well, how many people in a company should I connect with? And you just answered that question. Everybody that looks like they have anything to do with the hiring process and then that feeling of rejection, did they reject you or they just say, oh, not quite yet, but they were being honest, came around. And one of the things I really liked in your process is that the CEO said they feel like they know you based on the communication. And I, I, again, that a big thing about communicate, 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 because my thinking is you probably continued to communicate with them even after they said, oh, not right now. Is that correct? I, I, hit, I messaged a, a few of them once a month. Okay. until I got the offer. And I think one of the things in that job search is you find a company that you really like and you never know when somebody's going to leave, they're going to expand, you maintain that relationship. Don't walk away. If it's a company you like, continue to build that relationship. We're going to take a very short break and then we're going to come back and we're just going to continue our conversation with David and tap into all of the wisdom he has about job search. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you worried your job will end? Is there someone in your life who is facing a layoff? Career transition specialist Lorraine Beeman has condensed 20 years of experience helping people cope with sudden unemployment into an easy-to-read how-to book, Career Restart. Practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Knowing how to handle a job loss will help you move into your next job. This book guides you through the restart of your career, from how to prepare for a termination meeting to how to respond to interview questions about your job loss. Lorraine's book offers strategies for moving from terminated to hired. Tap into proven methods for changing the focus from job loss to career success. Career Restart, practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Available at Amazon.com. Click the link on the Career Central show page to pick up your copy today. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Career Central. To reach the program today, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. 
If you'd rather send an email, you may send it to Lorraine at interviewtowork.com. That's Lorraine at interview, the number two, work.com. Now, back to Career Central. Welcome back to Career Central. This is Lorraine Beeman having an amazing conversation with David Claire, who is a, a recruiter, a job seeker. He's just about done it all. He's a great role model for us. One of the things we were talking about before the break was having a complete LinkedIn um, profile, how great for recruiting. And when you connect with David, which I'm sure you're going to after this, you're going to find that at the top, he, he has his name and in quotes, Daredevil. And I know that that stuck out to me. And I want to ask him two, two questions. One, the first question is, tell me about being a daredevil. Uh, that, that answer is easy. I've uh, gone skydiving seven times. Okay. Now share why your strategy is to put that in your name in LinkedIn. Yeah, so um, along with the skydiving, I picked up a book on a whim. I watched the show Daredevil, and I was in um, Barnes and Nobles and saw this book called The Psychology Behind Daredevil, and I bought it, not knowing if it would be awful or amazing, and I didn't realize how much my mindset and just the way I think and perceive things was was very similar to Matt Murdock in the show Daredevil, and there's another recruiter out in Texas who has a very similar story, and he nicknamed himself Batman. And one of the reasons he said he did it is because if you search for Batman on LinkedIn, he's the only result. So between the skydiving and the book, and then I looked up Daredevil and there was none. So just to play with it, I added it into my name. And if you search for Daredevil, I'm now the only result on LinkedIn that pops up. So if someone can't remember my my full name, but there's that bald guy on Lorraine's show that I wanted to connect with, you can just punch Daredevil into LinkedIn um, and you'll find me super fast. So obviously this addition to your name is a reflection of your personality. So would you advise people that are job seekers to kind of do that in depth? You know, what, what, I'm, what am I, what are my strengths and add that? You know, I, I would say yes and no. For me, my, my LinkedIn profile, I'm not job hunting. So it's set up how I want to brand myself as the head of talent for my current firm. But for job seekers, I think in your in your headline, there should be a couple things, a somewhat generic title, because as a recruiter, when I'm going to search for candidates, one of the things that LinkedIn will grab is that title. So if I'm an accountant, but let's say I'm not taking my LinkedIn profile too seriously and I put piano player, recruiters might not ever find me because LinkedIn can't grab that, that job title. And so I think it's important to have a job title, but then if you looked at my LinkedIn profile, I put four things in there. And I think it's cool if you put maybe something that's fun. So I think mine says head of talent slash coach slash skydiver slash and I forget what the, what the fourth one is, um, but it, it makes for an immediate talking point. So when I call you up and I see that you put piano player, dog dad or dog mom, or, you know, just something quick. I'm an accountant slash a one or two word. I can immediately start with Lorraine. I see that that you're a cat mom. Tell me about your cat, boy or girl name. And it's a really easy way for us to start the conversation and sort of break down those walls. And and I love it when I can do that with the 
candidate because I hope that it puts them more at ease and we can start to build some trust and rapport and, and we can just get into a flow of a conversation instead of doing this question, answer, question, answer. So, um, you know, in your about me section, that's another great place where if you have three paragraphs, maybe two of them can be about what your skills are, what you're looking for in, a, in your next role. And then maybe your third paragraph can be a quick on the side, I play the piano, get hired for weddings and for book signings. And it's just something that I do for myself and for a little extra income on the weekends. So what I hear you saying, which I think is great, is that in the headline, in the about me, you also add that personal touch. Why are you, you different? Not just your skills, and many people could be accountants with expertise, but that you're a human and that, again, it opens that, that conversation. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And especially, I think, now during a pandemic and all of that, when we don't even interact with people. You know, it used to be we meet somebody and then we go check out their LinkedIn. Now we check on their LinkedIn to see if we want to meet them. And so bringing that human element is, I, I think that's great. And you're right, that daredevil just jumps jumps out. It's probably the thing that um, is easiest to remember. So we've been talking about recruiting and I know everybody that's listening go, oh, how do I get in touch with a recruiter? How do I get a recruiter on my side? Is that possible? Or do you have to just kind of wait like, you know, at the dance for somebody to come and ask you to dance? Or can you get out there and, and get noticed? I think you can. There, There's... Again, two answers to this question. The easy one is for a company like Robert Half, where I was previously employed, you can call, say what your profession is, and then they will you know, send you to the most appropriate recruiter. For me, I like to control the process a little bit more. So if I was to go to Robert Half for a job search or whatever the recruiting firm is, I would look at that firm on LinkedIn and find their company's homepage. And then typically it always says how many employees work for that company. So I would then click on that to get a list of every single employee that works for the company. Then at the top on LinkedIn, there's a place where you can filter by location. So staying in that list of employees, I would filter for my hometown, which is Sacramento, California. So and I, I now have a list of every recruiter that's based in the Sacramento space. And it's a little bit of extra work, but I think it's worth it. I'll then go through those profiles and I'll try to find someone that I can connect with, whether we went to the same school, there's something in the about me section of their profile that jumps at me. I don't want to just be sent to who the front desk or the person picks, picking up the phone thinks I should be sent to based off my job title. I want to I work with someone who, who I can connect with on a, on a human level. So then I would probably just message that person connect, uh, directly and connect with them and say, hey, my name's David. I've worked at an accounting firm for three years. I saw that you're a recruiter and you work with accountants. Are you, are you open to working with me and, and see where it goes based off their response? And let me tell you, a, a, an agency recruiter or even an internal recruiter my, like myself, if I get that message, I'm never going to ignore that or say no. We love meeting good candidates. So if you send me that message, I will be all over it. Guaranteed, I'll, I'll respond to you that same day. Yeah, because that message says, okay, I'm ready. I know where I'm going to fast track this. You know, you're not going to have to chase me down. So I really want to encourage people that are listening to take that action. Let's dig a little deeper into that message that you sent. I mean, this is exciting that somebody responds. You say, you know, you're an accountant or, you know, you know, a HR professional, you know, whatever your profession is, but would you say a little bit more than just your title? Yeah. One, one thing I always tell people, it's a phrase that I say is don't go for the kill. So don't always ask for if, if it's a job, 
I won't always necessarily, I want to, when I was looking for my job and I was messaging all the people at my current company, it typically was never, Hey, my name's David. I'm an accountant. I'm unemployed due to COVID. And I see that you're hiring and I need money. Can I have a job? That was never, ever the message. It typically was, Hey, um, I see that you're a accountant that's worked uh, at measured results for about a year. And I saw that the company is also currently hiring. I would love to connect with you and talk with you about your experience so far. So I typically try to edge my way in gently. So I might, I might allude to the fact that the reason I'm messaging you is because I saw a job posting, but then I'll switch gears pretty quick and say, you've only been there two months. I was wondering if you would connect with me and we could talk about the interview process or, you know, you're, you've been there 10 years. That's awesome. I don't see people at jobs for 10 years. Could we jump on the phone and tell me what's kept you around for so long? Cause that's great. So it, it's sort of a case by case basis because I personally believe in taking your time, scrolling through their profile for 10 to 30 seconds, finding something to talk about, and then using that as a connection. Because I think people, genu most of the time, not all the time, are open to helping you, they're open to connecting, they're open to a short conversation, and they're open to talking about themselves. So I sort of keep those things in mind and just make a very gentle ask in that initial connection request. And I really want to um, emphasize something you said that in, in that first um, outreach, it's I noticed that you, you know, are an expert in this. I mean, you're complimenting the person that you're writing to, which always gets people's attention. Oh, they like me. And then then you're asking, um, would it be possible to connect? Would it be possible to have a conversation? You know, you're asking for a conversation, which is always safe. You're not asking for a job, which can be kind of scary because if somebody doesn't have one, they're just not going to respond to you or they're going to you know, feel guilty and, and go, oh, well, you know, we're not hiring right now and just put them in a, in a position where they're not really open for communication. So I really want to reinforce that, that you compliment the person and you're asking for a converse, conversation. You're not asking for a job and you're, it's not all about you. Um, so let's talk about maintaining that, um, that relationship. You've, you've done that, that outreach, you've had a conversation, but the recruiter doesn't really have anything for you right away. And they just say, oh, well, you know, David, right now there's just nothing. Would you just wait for them to call you or do you kind of continue to stay in touch with them? It, it depends on the candidate. Um, I do have one in particular in my current role where she interviewed for a job last November. Um, we really liked her. And like most, most interview processes, we had one position to fill and we had five really good candidates. And so unfortunately we had to, we had to tell four of them no, because we're, we just, <laughs> we don't have the budget or the need for five people in this, in this role. And she has done an amazing job at messaging me once a month. How are you? Her, fir her first one was Merry Christmas. I think her one in January was Happy New Year's. Her one in February was, I know you guys are a tax firm. I hope you're doing okay, even though it's the middle of tax season. And if we, we're not if, when we are going to hire that role again, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the team and say, guys, do we even want to post this? Or do we just want to ask 
this candidate if she just wants the job because we almost gave it to her and she's done such a good job at just being friendly, keeping in touch, sending me an email. We even jumped on the phone one time. I think she would, I, I think she, she, she would just be a good fit. So why not? Um, for my really, really good candidates, the one where again, maybe they made it to the final round of interviews, but we were only filling one or two positions. If I really like them and I think they have a promising potential future with us, I'll definitely reach out to them. Um, if I see that they changed jobs already, I'll congratulate them. I'll call them. I'll ask them, how did the process go? And then other ones, um, if there's no changes on their LinkedIn, I'll just call them anyways and just say, is there anything I can do for it to help? We're still not hiring, but I've seen your resume and your cover letter. Would you like some constructive feedback on those? Do you want to, do you need a vent about your job search? What, is there any way at all that I can be of help to you as you're looking for that next position? So so um, I think I think it's a two-way street. I think candidates should definitely keep in touch with with recruiters. And I think if there's any recruiters that are listening for your top candidates, keep in touch with them because something may may change in the future where it makes sense to bring them on board. And those those hard to find candidates, um, they're they're hard to find, right? So so keep in touch with them. All right. So you've been through the the a layoff during COVID, obviously, um, job search during COVID and all that. Do you, th do you think there's going to be a change in, in our, our work, our way we recruit or anything that's going to be lasting? Or are we just going to go through COVID and then comes back on the other side? Same as always. That is, that's a, a hard question to answer. I know um, for me, I'm in the, the pool of people where I really hope working from home doesn't change. Uh, I adopted a, a dog during COVID and he has pretty bad separation anxiety and I, I love this little guy a ton. So I do like to have an office to go to. I'll, I'll, I'll drop in for two to three hours a couple of days a week. Um, with the interview process over Zoom, it's fine for the times that we're going through, but I'm going to contradict myself a little bit with the working from home comment. I also love to meet people. I love to shake their hand, sit across from each other and have an in-person conversation and, and see what they're looking for. So um, I, I listen to so many different podcasts around recruiting. It seems like opinions are all over the map. Maybe we'll be back fully in person. Maybe we won't. Maybe the hybrid model would work. No, the hybrid model is going to crash and burn. We, you know, the the Zoom interviews definitely help. It helps with scheduling. It helps with efficiencies. Um, but it, it's just so hard to say. You know, I, there's a for me, there's a lot of question marks in the future still. So I just sort of take it one day at a time and and see you know see what's going on in the world. Uh, you opened the door to my favorite topic, which is interviewing. Give us just some ideas of what impresses you during interviews, you know, what a candidate can do to really convey that they're a top, that they should be your top choice. Yeah, with one, one thing I'll say that is that Zoom versus in person, Zoom hasn't changed anything in the sense of show up on time, or maybe you're even part of the group five minutes early is on time. Have a either a professional background or even if it's a blank wall, but don't have a room full of laundry with people walking through it. You still got to dress up, you know, depending on the role. I, I hired for a marketing position and I've, I now know in the marketing industry, people are very casual. I don't know if a single person had on a, a you know, a, a professional top. It was a lot of t-shirts, tank tops, and I sort of had to wrap my head around that. Oh, okay, this is how it is when you're working with, with marketers and, that, and that's fine. But, 
I had one individual that was literally on a walk in the park and we had such a good conversation. But during the interview, he would stop and greet his neighbor and then he'd see a cute dog and he'd bend over and, oh, your dog's so cute. What's his name? And and it, it I ended up passing him through to a second interview because our conversation was so good, but I leveled with them at the end and said, I'm going to be really transparent with you for a moment. Some people could look at this interview and say that no matter how good your answers are, you're not taking it seriously because you interrupt our conversation to greet a neighbor, to greet a dog, and you were going through a park with bad reception and your audio cut out. So please don't hurt yourself in this interview process because you are what we're looking for. But I know the next person, if, if you're in the park, she'll reject you just solely based off that. Um, so with Zoom, I just tell everyone, still take it seriously. Consider who are you going to meet, how you should be dressed. You know, accountants, you should probably dress it up a little bit. Marketers, you can dress it down a little bit. Know your audience. Try to figure out who you're going to be talking to and what to expect. But at the end of the day, in-person versus Zoom, I look at it as sort of the same as far as what you need to do to have a successful and positive interview. So if you were going to give a candidate um, one piece of advice on an interview on how to maybe prepare or answer a tough question, what would you say? I would say practice. Look up, you know, it's as simple as Googling interview questions and answering them out loud and then record yourself and listen back to that recording. And you might catch yourself saying some things you didn't even know you said, whether it's ums, which I'm terrible at and I slap myself every time I say one. But you might even go off on a bit of a rabbit trail and realize, oh, shoot, I took five minutes answering that question and my audience is going to glaze over. I really need to figure out what is my answer to that question and what do I really want them to know and how can I say it in 60 seconds? Fantastic. We have to take another quick break, but we're going to be back and continue our conversation with David Wilker on the other side of the break. So stay with us and we'll see you soon. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you worried your job will end? Is there someone in your life who is facing a layoff? Career transition specialist Lorraine Beeman has condensed 20 years of experience helping people cope with sudden unemployment into an easy-to-read how-to book, Career Restart. Practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Knowing how to handle a job loss will help you move into your next job. This book guides you through the restart of your career. From how to prepare for a termination meeting to how to respond to interview questions about your job loss. Lorraine's book offers strategies for moving from terminated to hired. Tap into proven methods for changing the focus from job loss to career success. Career Restart, practical advice for surviving and moving forward after a job loss. Available at Amazon.com. Click the link on the Career Central show page to pick up your copy today. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. 
Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into Career Central. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, you may send it to Lorraine at interviewtowork.com. That's Lorraine at interview, the number two, work.com. Now, back to Career Central. Welcome back to Career Central. I'm Lorraine Beeman, and we're having an amazing conversation this morning with David Akur. And we, I want to tap into his, I consider him a thought leader in the recruitment business because he's not just thinking about how things are now, but how things could be. Um, and so, David, can you just share with our listeners, well, some of the things, that, innovations that you're starting, but how you would like to see the recruiting process move forward? One of the the innovative things that I have done and also received, and it's only happened since COVID, has been video messaging. So I use a a website that's completely free, and it's called Loom. I think it's just L-O-O-M.com. And I've been creating 60-second videos for my candidates. And there's a a few things that I'll I'll keep in mind when creating these 60-second videos. I always want to use their name. I always want to use their name of either their current or most recent company. And if I mess up, I do not delete and re-record it. And so there's a few things I want to accomplish. I want them to realize that when Lorraine opens this video, she can tell it's definitely made for her. It's not, it wasn't just a generic thing that then I blasted out to a few hundred candidates. I took the time to create something for her. And then by dropping her company, his or her company name, I probably also looked at their LinkedIn profile. Um, and the reason I don't mess up is be, or I, I, the reason I don't delete and re-record is I want them to see this isn't just a scripted thing that I'm just a human, you're a human. So if I accidentally sneezed or, or messed up and I, I toppled over my words. I'll even make a joke about it. And I'll just keep it real simple and say, uh, you know, hey, Mr. or Mrs. Accountant, I came across your profile on LinkedIn. I'm really impressed with what you've accomplished so far. And I would love to have a conversation with you about joining my talent community. Would it be okay if we connected on LinkedIn and possibly down the road, had a short phone call or Zoom call whenever is good for you? And I'll leave it at that. And the responses let me put it this way. When COVID first happened, my response rate plummeted. Typically with accountants, about 30 to 35% of my messages got responded to. After COVID, that dropped to somewhere between one and five. And at, <laughs> at first, I wasn't sure if it was me. But then when I reached out to my network of recruiters, I found out it was all of us. So I started doing the, the video messaging as, a, as an attempt to cut 
through the noise, not knowing what would happen. And my response rate went back up. And even if they weren't open to having a conversation, they would still say something along the lines of, hey, I love my company. It doesn't make sense for me to change. But that was such a nice, friendly, positive vibe message that I, I had to respond and just say, thank you for taking the time to send that to me. From the candidate side, if they started using services like Loom and sent a few of those videos to a few people on my team or to me, guarantee you, even if your resume wasn't a match, I'll give you a call. I'll definitely call you, say hi, and see what made you want this job enough that you took the time to send me a message and can we help each other in some way? I think that's great because we've, we've touched on the fact that during COVID, we're kind of all very isolated. And I think this is a brilliant idea because it starts to give you some of that face-to-face -face interaction. It's not just, you know, this, this, the computer screen with LinkedIn and maybe you're, it, it's a real life response. So a brilliant idea. I hope it, I hope it picks up across the industry because I think that for the folks that are doing a job search, having a human being actually communicate with them, you know, is, is very encouraging. We're at the point where we ask each of our guests to suggest an action that they can take immediately after the show to develop a career advancing strategy. So what would you like to suggest that our listeners try? So one thing I heard during COVID is to deal with your upstream issues. Have you heard that concept yet? No, please share with us. Okay, cool. So look up a gentleman named Dan Heath. He's all over Spotify. He's done a ton of interviews. And he tells a parable that goes like this. Let's say that you and your friend are going to have a picnic next to the river. And you lay out your blanket and you're setting up your food and your drinks. And you hear a commotion behind you. And you turn around and there's a child in the river. And they're thrashing about and yelling. And you can tell they need help. So you run over to the river as quick as possible. You dive into the water, you pull them out, and as you're making sure they're okay, the process repeats itself, and there's another kid in the river. So you jump back in, your friend that you're having the picnic with it jumps back in, and there's more and more kids coming down the river, and you're frantically trying to get them all out. And at one point, your friend gets out and starts walking upstream, and you yell at them and say, hey, where are you going? We got kids drowning in the river. And they turn around, and they look at you, and they say, I'm going to go upstream and take care of the guy that's throwing all these kids in the river and so what that that's saying is that if you're working in some sort of system and you're getting the same result and it's not the result that you like what can we do instead of putting out these little fires to really look at here's what we're working with and i'm not liking the solution i'm getting so what do i need to change in the context of a job search if you've been searching for months and months and you're continuing to not have good interviews to get rejected to not get an offer is it could it be your resume could it be your cover letter could it be your answers to your interview questions and maybe it's time to to get a coach or to reach out to a recruiter you know i'll i'll talk with anyone so if you reach out to me and say hey um you know i don't I don't know if I'd ever want to work for a CPA firm, but you're an unbiased party who will give me an honest answer about my documents. I would love to do that for you. So whether it's a friend, a family member, a recruiter, you know, take a look at whether it's um, the job search process, but really any problem in your life, whether it be with relationships and the workplace and, and look at, look up Dan Heath, as I mentioned, and this concept of upstream issues, because during COVID that was incredibly helpful for me. And those two months that I was an employee, 
unemployed and if I was getting rejected from a job search or whatnot, just that shift in perception helped so much. And with everything we experienced in 2020, I think all of us could use this this mindset refresh that that Dan brings to the table. And instead of putting out little fires, you know, let's go upstream and deal with the issue at the source so that we can live happy, healthy, confident lives. I think that is amazing advice, and especially like to tap into the thought is if you keep saying the same resume, same resume and same cover letter, and you're not getting asked for an interview, then go to a professional. You know, um, if you're unemployed, Employment Development Department has folks. Um, if you're an alumni of a college, often mm. they'll have sources. You can hire a resume, um, you know, a writer, all of that, but don't keep sending out thousands and thousands of resumes and nothing happens. And then I think also if you're getting the interviews and that was, like I say, one of our favorite topics is if you're not getting offers after an interview, David, you had some great advice, tape yourself, listen to yourself, um, add that to find a friend, find the most critical friends you have. Not somebody that always says, Oh, David, you did a great job, but mm, David, you're really messed up to give you feedback and, and run you through a practice. I think fantastic. So the the five second challenge is when you get off, look at what's not working and go upstream. Absolutely fantastic advice. How can our listeners get in touch with you? They want to find you. The best way is LinkedIn. Type in Daredevil, send a connection request. I, I live on LinkedIn. It's it's open 24-7. I keep a pretty close eye on it because of how many candidates I communicate with with on there. So if you, uh, if you connect with me, I'll definitely accept that connection request and I'll be excited to meet you. Fantastic. Um, we have a couple minutes and I want to dig into, we just talked about the resume and all that, but the interviewing and you gave a great example of the guy walking through the park with his phone and all of that. But that is often, I find, the point at which people just don't don't move on, don't get the offer. So I want to tap into the fact that you have probably interviewed, I'm assuming, hundreds, if not thousands of people. And reflecting back on that, what are two or three really strong things, things that impressed you? Maybe you can think of somebody who really impressed you and maybe what, what was it about that conversation? Uh, the The... Best conversations for me is similar to what you and me did, Lorraine, where it didn't feel like it was this poll of question, answer, question, answer. I, my goal is to feel like we just had a cup of coffee with a friend whenever I do an interview. And so I try to um, frame my questions with what, when, where, how, because those are typically open-ended questions where you can't get a yes or no. If I say, how, how do you, how do you um, conduct a good interview, Lorraine? You know, you can't just say yes or no to that. It requires an answer. So from the candidate perspective, that's, that's so easy. Don't catch yourself saying, do you use this program or do you guys use this? Remember the where, the what, the how, the why, the when, and really, just try to get that conversation going. You know, if they ask you a question, answer it and then ask it back. Um, it, it, that flow of conversation is just, it, it's so important because then 
by the time the interview's over, or as we're getting closer and closer to the end time, I think both of us will have let our walls down a little bit and we can really get some transparent answers from each other and figure out, do I wanna hire this candidate? And from the candidate side, would I wanna work with David and with this company? So I would say the, the best thing is just try to get that flow of conversation going. Those, those in general have been some of my favorite interviews. Um, the ones where I laugh, the ones where I, I enjoy myself, those, you know, most of our, our positions are all client facing. And so we want our clients to have that same, we, we're not going to probably hire someone who comes off as like a little boring or a little monotone or whatever it may be. So it, it's sort of what I touched on earlier. Think about what kind of job are you interviewing for? What would they look for in, in this type of candidate? And, and if that's you, just bring it to the table. And then the most important thing I would say is that the silver bullet for just knocking the interview out of the park, in my opinion, is to just be yourself. You don't have to pretend. You don't have to put up a guise. And and then if you're not being yourself and I'm not being myself, and then we hire you and it, we see each other's true colors, that could be a really big waste of our time, our money, our energy. Now you're out looking for another job already. You have to explain why you were at company X for only a month. So I would say just be yourself. Take a deep breath before going into that interview. Don't be nervous. Take a sip of water. Maybe the 10 minutes leading up to the interview, I tell people, do something fun. Turn on a sitcom. Go you know, take your dog for a walk, something just to relax yourself. And then when that Zoom camera goes on or you walk into that office, just be Lorraine, just be David. And and that's the best way to go about it, in my opinion. And I want to emphasize that whole concept, the silver bullet is being yourself because so many people do get that job offer and then don't like it because they haven't been honest or they haven't asked the right questions of the interviewer to really get an idea of what the company culture is like. So absolute great advice. Um, why don't you give us one hint on how you did that when you were the candidate? Oh man, I <laughs> um, I think a common question I got asked a lot was, um, geez, um, I would just talk. I, I just talk about me. I was doing a lot of reading at the time. I would talk about how I would find a parking garage and run stairs for twenty minutes. Um, I would talk about my COVID pod. I, I, you know, one one company I looked for worked. Excuse me. Uh, part of their mission statement was they look for people that are awesome but a little bit weird. So when we got on that call, I said, guys, I'm a I'm a pretty weird dude. So if you got a, an office full of weird people, I guarantee you I will fit right in. And I got them chuckling, and and I would just try to find something where I could I could disarm them, but was genuine at the same time, just to kick it off on a super positive note. Um, I would talk about my family. I'd talk about my skydiving. I'd talk about shows I watched. I would, you know, I yes, we had to talk about business at some point, but for those first couple minutes, I would almost try to take control of the interview myself and and immediately just jump into. Um, I looked you guys up on Instagram, saw that your last company event before COVID was X. What what's and, the next one? And you know what? Just connect with David. Great advice. Our time is running out. Uh, we could have con continued this conversation for hours. I just want to let everybody know that our show next week, um, our guest will be um, Rochelle Lacourt. She is going to help us identify some of the things that we've talked about a little bit today. Is Is it right to change the job or is there something you need to change? in terms of how you're handling your job, because we all want to go to work, have a great time, like David was saying, and end the day, yes, we're tired, 
but we feel good about what we've done. Um, a reminder that if you or someone close to you is facing a job loss, check out my book, Career Restart, Practical Advice for Surviving and Moving Forward After a Job Loss. A lot of the things that David talked about are in that book. The challenge this week is go upstream. What's stopping you from being successful? And until our next show, this is Lorraine Beeman encouraging you to take care of your career because you are the only one qualified to do it. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of Career Central. Be sure to join your host, Lorraine Beeman, for another program next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy your week.